Welcome to Retro Fanfic Retrospective, the podcast where we dredge up old fanfiction and expose it to the cold, harsh light of 2020. And that light is getting colder. And no, it's not. It's getting warmer. Warmer and <laughs> less harsh every day as we enter spring. Anyway, well, my name is Amato. <laughs> and with me are... Tori. Hey, da- Mega Damamon. Ah, uh, I forgot to do a Digimon <laughs> name. No! You have time. The, the more bold form of Domamon. <laughs> well, my let me, Netflix l- 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 Let me see if I've name. got this right, okay? Okay. Chaos Black Tori Mon. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I thought that it was War Tori Mon, but okay. We're, we're getting Well, it was last time, but that was yeah. in OG Digimon, and now we're in Tamers. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've Digivolved several times. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what does the Chaos signifier mean? Because it seems to come up for a couple of Digimon names. Uh, it sounds cool. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, like then, mega, what about the war thing? Is that also sounds cool? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how about the also black metal. one? Does that also just sounds cool? Okay, metal. Is that because it sounds cool? And mega. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's mega. <laughs> yeah. 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 Metal, mega. Oh, okay. No. Omni. Um... Angel. <laughs> Angel. Yep. Yep. Black Angel. used a bunch of times. Uh, devil, yeah. Is there a chaos yep. angel something mon? Not mm-hmm. maybe chaos deva mon. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, ice okay. is used, fire is used, elements. Yeah. Well, as you can tell, I'm slipping into my usual role early of not knowing anything <laughs> about Digimon whatsoever. No, I mean, that's, you got the... that's not true. Yeah, you got the right right idea, though, for the naming scheme. I mean, it's pretty much Mad Libs. Yeah, and, and I need, I, <laughs> I need, a, <laughs> a, yeah, I, I need a, a mystical element, a metal element, and a job. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so like fire, copper, uh, chef, mom. I can Perfect. see that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and the thing to remember about Digimon is it's not. It's not quite as formulaic as some other monster media. Like it's kind of an anything goes. In terms of creating a Digimon, like you can when think you, it, it will exist. When you say some other monster media, you just mean Pokemon, Tori. Like that's the only other monster media you can hold up against Digimon, right? Monster I Ranchers. See. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, great Monster and Ranchers. There's that new one about ghosts. Oh, Yokai Watch. Yes. Yeah, well, Yokai Watch has strong theming because they're just pulling Yokai and sometimes making them fire metal yokai probably but you know yeah the main thing i mean about digimon is like with pokemon yes you can come up with a pokemon that is an electron that possesses the washing machine or like a space alien so there's or lots of, of ice room cream. there <laughs> yep. or a cone of ice cream pokemon or is a wide keys. range <laughs> but with digimon it's like nothing is really that thematic digivolutions are not super thematic like there's not types. There are types of Digimon, but they're data, virus, and what's the other one? Vaccine. Vaccine, yeah. So it, I, and that doesn't always even, that doesn't shape how Digimon looks at all. So there's just, I don't know, I think they, there's a lot of room. I did have to, you know, a couple times reading this fanfic, I did like pull up the wiki, you know, and 
look at what characters were like or that sort of thing. And so I saw, for example, Renamon's evolution, digivolution, digivolution chain. Evolution is fine. Evolution. Whatever you call it. It, Evolution. Evolution. Like, except in the dub where everything is digi. They they shinkasuru. (laughs) Okay. Well, yeah, same word then. Yeah. Um, And so, you know, I saw like Renamon, whatever, baby form, little puffball. Everything's a little puffball. That's fine. Mm Mm-hmm. And then, like, Renamon normal, that's fine. And then a couple more levels in, it's like, now you're, like, Dao-themed for some reason. And I didn't mm. get that before. And I'm not sure why. Like, but okay. Yeah, because whatever. Yeah, that, right. <laughs> well, look, considering that the form before that was the Kyubimon, which is, like, what, Shinto Shrine? Yeah. So they're kind of jumping between different uh, religions. Yeah, I guess that was it. I was like, I, I thought you were going with a Shinto kind of kitsune, like Japanese dealy here, but okay. <laughs> That's what they were at first, and then they just decided, eh. Though to be fair, what's interesting, the thing I forgot to mention to you in my notes, Amato, because I wasn't sure if I was going to come up, is mm-hmm. that their mega forms in this series, not in the previous series, but in this one, are them merged with their human partners. So that's why like oh. some of them look a lot more human. Like that's Renamon cool. looks, or Renamon's, uh, it was like, what's the font? Talmon looks a lot Talmon. more like a human wearing a fox mask than like a fox, <laughs> you know. That's a cool design. And I think they're going with the on, what's that word? On Myoji theme? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, uh, I think I think you're right, On Myoji. That's like the old, old school Heian period exorcists who pop culture has turned into badasses. Yeah, who, who uh, like themselves like mix different religions in a similar way. Yeah, I mean, whatever gets that exorcism and divination done, you know? Yeah. Throw in whatever. Um, I think this transitions into talking about our background with the source material. And Tori, you actually wrote up a little document just like to tell me about the premise of the series. But I did see the first few episodes of Digimon Tamers a long time ago. I mean, you know, decades ago. Like, Dom managed to get me to watch the first, you know, five or eight episodes of the series before I got distracted by something. And... (laughs) <laughs> the only thing it really helped me with was knowing, still having some characters in my mind as to like what they look like, and that's well, yeah, about it's got the general it. like, tone of the show, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I got the idea. It's like Digimon's fictional, except whoops, turns out Digimon's not fictional, and you know, cards are used, and um, everything's kind of serious, and um, Rika's kind of a jerk, and Renamon's super cool. <laughs> like, I got all the main points. Right. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I do think the show takes a really significant, like, for Tamers, takes a really significant turn after Leomon's death, which this fanfic, ironically, like, completely ignores that turn in favor of something completely different. But But it it picks up right then, right? Hmm? It, It picks up the story from that moment, right? I mean... The big, I mean, I guess we can jump into this because this is the biggest thing that bothered me about this fic is the big thing that I feel makes the series like so cool and emotional and character driven is Jerry just getting so depressed and getting like basically like so insane out of grief from Leomon's death that she's possessed by the big bad in the show. In this fanfic, Jerry's like, oh, my partner's dead. Okay. <laughs> like, literally, I like, see. it's never mentioned again. 
They want to talk about the no, color Toriel. more than anything else. <laughs> I'm. Sh- I gather you have strong feelings about tamers. So, Tori, what's your background with tamers? Right. Um, well, you know, I watched Digimon when it was coming out, and Adventure. I was the same age as, you know, most of the main characters. I was, you know, in fifth grade when Ty and Sora and Matt. I'm going to use their dub names because I watched the dub. <laughs> um, it was one of my favorite shows, you know, like, and there was this a crazy thing in Adventure where, like, there was, it was pretty, like, Monster of the Week for a while, and, but it was still very character driven. But then eventually it, it kind of started to develop this whole world and, like, a lot of other kind of interesting, like, dark plot points and areas of the universe that hadn't been explored. And that was super intriguing. So when Tamers came out, I was a couple years older, and that really blew my mind. It was almost as if the show had kind of like evolved with me getting a little bit older. And I didn't realize at the time that it was done by Chaki Konaka, who did like Serial Experiments Lane and a bunch of other amazing stuff. Um, but that show, I was like, whoa, like there's political intrigue in this. <laughs> like there's really like dealing with the topic of grief. There's body horror, like crazy body horror. There's humans merging with Digimon, but not in like a corny way, in a like deeply emotionally driven way. So I was right out the gate like, this is the sophisticated Digimon that I, that like, I love all the series, but that one, like, the writing in that show, I would put like above the board. I put it as probably my favorite anime series. Wow. (laughs) Digimon Tamers. Like, just to say that it has, for me, it's extremely well written and entertaining and it's beautifully animated like i I don't think i could put anything above it and part of it for sure is nostalgia but also it is just that well written okay well what about you dom sorry (laughs) (laughs) no 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 i'm impressed by your passion i just mean like it's kind of hard for dom to top that but they can try (laughs) uh i watched digimon when it came out on fox originally the series one series two and i was a fan of that and i think i watched tamers the same way but it's hard to remember that back in the day i can't remember what day of the week it was but you know the day uh, we had to watch things as they came out um we could if we wanted to we couldn't watch it all at once or even sequentially so my tamers knowledge is actually pretty scattered like i don't it, it was like that thing where uh trying to read uh boone in disney adventures where you would get one or two volumes and like a few volumes later and just try to piece the story together (laughs) Uh. and when i got access to um dsl internet which was like sometime after i graduated high school i did go back and try to find some digimon but at the time i was i found um subtitled digimon frontier which is the next series so that was the series I devoured most um, wholly and completely. And oh, so I'm more familiar funny. with uh, Digimon Frontier. And then, then I went back to like uh, Adventure to like 01 and 02. But I kind of forgot the sheer amount of episodes there were. There's like what? 50 episodes a season? Yes. Yeah. Full size 22 minute episodes too. So that's, yep. you know, do, do the math. <laughs> and I like 
as excited as I was, I don't think I could get all the way through a single uh, full series of something. Like I remember getting like three fourths of the way through O one, like halfway through O two, and then like I I tried O three, but I don't. I'm not. I'm not sure I got um, this far in my rewatch. <laughs> in my oh. Japanese subtitled complete rewatch of it. So that is my so memories, funny. and and that was like a while ago, like maybe five or ten years ago thing is, is i feel like frontier was the letdown series for me like i'd gotten not a little Fron- bit older when it came everybody out. says that everybody says that but frontier is the fucking bomb i'll tell you <laughs> no i know and I, i've actually gone back and watched it and it was a little hard for me to get into it because i was like the digimon don't evolve without merging with humans and i felt that that was like a little bit like making the humans more central than the Digimon. Okay, so like, so like here's but... the thing, right? <laughs> Most people that like Digimon, they like, they're a bit more like animal-oriented people. They, they like the idea of a talking animal companion, and that's like the, the hallmark of the first three Digimon, like hands down. Uh, Digimon Frontier is different where it takes a more um, uh, spiritual tone. I, I think it takes a lot, picks up a lot of uh, like uh, Shinto belief, where it's about where the Digimon they get are, aren't like a, a walking around partner. It's not like a dog you have, but it's more like an ancient spirit or a kami that you're communing with. So there's a lot more spirituality, I think, where they connect to these spirits. And like, there's also a, a central conflict in Frontiers where like th- they have the human type Digimon and the beast type Digimon that have a war. And they're dealing with the aftermath of that and a lot of it is trying to synthesize the two sides together like synthesizing the two themed kami they have together in a in a, in a new form yeah i like that tape um, <laughs> I, I did go back and look at frontier and, and watch it and i actually thought it was pretty good but it's like, like the weird part was when i went you know and actually like with that take i probably will go back and watch it again it's just yeah the um nostalgia of the first three seasons how impressed i was with them watching the beginning of frontier was a bit of a letdown and maybe it's just because i got a little bit older too you know i was probably 14 i, I think that came i think that's a little, that's a lot of it because like i had a period of time where like i, I think most people do where when they're young they, they like animation cartoons and the people that come back to it as an adults have like a a, a period somewhere in their um, adolescence where like no that's kid stuff i'm too old for that <laughs> mm-hmm. and like i had that period like a yeah. little bit after high school but like i came over it by actually coming back to um avatar the last airbender <laughs> i had a while where, like the first season of that came out and i was like oh it's one of those like wanting to be an anime well, another one of those like oh, american yeah. shows wanting to be that <laughs> that's that, that looks gross and then like i saw like the zuko alone fight scene i was like i have to watch this series and then i came back and dropped all my children's shows are for kids prejudice and Really start started living my true life, you know? <laughs> I hear you. I mean, I think we talked about this before, that we had a similar experience. I don't know if we talked about it on air, but yeah, that like, we were like, Avatar, I don't know about that. It's like American <laughs> anime, and that's like, oh my god, it's the best thing ever. But really, in after effect... You gotta uh, weird drop ad- your judgment at some point. A weird after effect of that uh, phenomenon, though, is that shows that came out in that period always have a tint of that prejudice for you because like in my mind i know it's a good show but i can't go back and watch kim possible that because like there's still a part Mm. of me that says that's that's a kid's show that's not for me huh yeah i never actually tried to watch that like i recognize people like it but yeah 
you know, same thing. I was like, yeah. And what I actually have seen of it, I, I kind of liked. <laughs> I think it would be good, yeah. Well, speaking of that period, we are going back. We're reading a Digimon Tamers fanfic from 2002 and 2003. It's Perfect Hazard by Black. And last Were time Regulus? we recorded... What's that? Regless? Uh, here's what's confusing. It's at some point around like the last couple chapters we read, the authors identified themselves as Regless says they share an account with Black. And at first I thought Black and Regulus were the same person. And now I'm like, They're maybe not. not. <laughs> Regulus has an Avian Earn account with a lot of Rukato, which is Rika or Ruki in the Japanese Rukato fan art. I found that in my digging. And I think they might not be the same person. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> no, I think you might be right. Um, glancing at the bio, it's not, it's not clear if it's a long bio. Oh, geez. This is such a fanfiction.net bio. Okay. <laughs> well, suffice it to say, it's published under the account called Black um, on fanfiction.net. And the author is apparently Canadian. That's all I know about him. And there it might actually be another person named Regulus, which yeah, would be unusual. Actually, at the beginning of the chapter 16 or 13, part 2, their author's note is like, LOL, I'm pretty sure I mentioned this before, but me and Black share an account. Okay. So I'm like, Regulus then. And they might just be the author having two separate personas, or maybe they go by Regulus. I don't know. One of them might be a digital partner of some kind. Mm-hmm. In any case, last time... Digital partner, perhaps? Digital partner, yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> last time, Tori, we were kind of like, let's let you try to find a Digimon fanfic, because whenever I choose a Digimon fanfic, you two don't like it. So we sort of outsourced <laughs> the job to you. And now you know, Tori. Now you know what it's like <laughs> out there trying to find good old Digimon fanfiction really gonna call me out like that that's fair <laughs> that's fair the thing is is yeah finding something in digimon fan fiction that is still on the internet old enough to be considered retro by our standards mm-hmm. and yep. less than like i don't know fucking three hundred thousand words because they get <laughs> yeah, more like five hundred thousand more like five hundred thousand <laughs> yeah they get real long and also completed because honestly who wants to read something that's incomplete I mean, maybe a little bit, but also, like, you want to know how it ends. Very, very <laughs> difficult. And I found some very short ones, but they were focused on the author's, like, very specific favorite character. And that's fine. It's just, I really wanted to read something that was in the spirit of Digimon, which, to me, is all of these characters. Like, all of the characters having a relationship with each other, with their Digimon, everybody's relationship is treated in Digimon. And that's what I like about the show. So finding something that did that, kept true to the characters, and with less than a million and a half words, is actually really hard. So we went with something that Amato found. Well, I found it, but you found it too when you were glancing around at things, didn't you? I no, thought, this was I thought you had read this as well. One. This was <laughs> the only one that I had not found before you showed it to me. I did read the first two chapters be, or like browse first chapters before saying we should do this one but that was it was really okay. like at that point our other picks were things that I thought would be dark fic because of what people had said about them and I 
Okay. I don't know how I feel about Digimon Dark Pick because Digimon's already kind of dark. Yeah. Well, this is one of those stories we can really agree on is that so far my Digimon fanfic picking uh, record is unblemished. So. Spotless. Okay, so you pick the next one, Dom. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's fair. Wait, wait. Um, (laughs) Now, I... I ran into it one or one or two places online. People, it seemed to have been popular back in the day, and then some years later, people were saying like, "Oh, I'm fond of that story" or whatever. Um, and yeah, apparently it's definitely by Regulus. Okay, but a guilty pleasure wreck and an old one someone described in 2012, and I was totally lost. But I'll try to participate as far as I yeah. can in this in this conversation. <laughs> I tried to give a motto a bit of a primer, but it wasn't actually enough for what ended up happening in the fic. It splits off right after after episode thirty four. I think we said that already. Where Leomon dies uh, and Gilmon turns into yeah. Gidramon. But it goes a right. totally different direction. So do you want to describe where the fanfic goes from chapter one? Yeah, I mean I thought at first that um the author hadn't seen past that episode, but there are kind of hints along the way that they actually had, that they know things happen later. But at this point, so like, instead of, you know, what ends up happening in the show, like, Takato instantly, like, not instantly, like, through a lot of work realizing his mistake and resolving, you know, Gilman's chaos to evolution into Megidramon, Instead, a crazy, I can't remember, I, uh, I can't remember the specifics, but a crazy battle happens with an explosion, and Takato and Gilmon are like erased, and Bielzimon are erased from existence. Wait, all Except, three of them uh, are? Maybe Gilmon s- isn't, but he no, shows Gilmon. back up a little bit later, right? He's still there. Yeah, he no, he yeah. did Digivolves, but Takato yeah, and Bielzimon are both re- erased from existence, essentially. And turn into ghosts. And um, uh, when you say Takato, do you mean Gogglehead? Is oh, that the same yeah. character here? No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I'm joking, but he gets called he gets called Gogglehead a lot by, uh, I mean, mostly a couple of characters, but even so. Yeah, I mean that happens in the dub a lot too, but uh, I think the reason the author picked up on it so much. Is there really a fan of getting Rika and Takato together as a couple? And that's something she calls him. I don't really get that. <laughs> like, first of all, they're like 10 years old. Yeah. Second of all, like, if there was any, like, special sort of heterosexual bonds, the author clearly has that sort of bias. It was between Takato and Jerry. And actually, the author recognizes it because they go and they're like, Oh yeah, like uh, Jerry and I used to be tight, but now I'm tight with you, Rika. Or something. Hmm. Well, so here's the thing: when you say erased from existence, they're like retroactively erased from existence, right? Or rather, it's like no one remembers they ever existed. Yeah. Mostly. So everybody kind of wakes up um, in the digital world still, and weirdly enough, Jerry's just lost her partner, Leomon, but she's just like la di da. But everybody is like, okay. At first I thought she didn't remember that happening, but they acknowledge it right away. But Takato, um, I can't remember exactly what this shakes out in the first chapter, but Takato's kind of looking on 
and he's like, oh, my friend. So he tries to run up to his friends, and he realizes, like, very quickly they can't. Um, and so, like, a couple things happen. He shows up as a packet of data to them a couple times. And Gilman is also with his friends, but nobody remembers who Gilman is. Or at least his friends find him. Takato also realizes kind of quickly that he can pass through other people, but if he passes through his friends, he can sort of briefly not make them remember him, but kind of be the person they were when he was an influence on their lives. So the people they yeah, are now so are sort of the people they were at the beginning of the show, without Takato kind of influencing them. That's the most interesting thing I thought about the premise. Not that it particularly makes sense, because, I mean, they had to have gotten there and remembered getting there and things must have happened to them. But basically, like, <laughs> their, their characterization is kind of reset at what is clearly halfway through the series, which is interesting. And it's also a really halfway. interesting power to give, you know, ghost, d- digital ghost Takato to, like, redo their character development temporarily. Like, I've never seen a story d- give someone that kind of ability I don't know I don't know how interestingly it was used in the end but it was (laughs) definitely new I mean sure (laughs) this is a hard one because I do honestly think a lot of the authors cool like they do a lot of interesting stuff but I think a lot of their goal might have just been getting Takato and Rika together for one, which, okay, I get it. They're probably all, like, the person who wrote this is probably a kid. Like, and and so, you know, they they talk like a kid. Like, they're not going to assume. But anyway, they, they had some specific goals. And one is they wanted Takato to, like, become sort of like a Digimon. Something we realize pretty soon is Takato has, like, these, the same symbol as Gilman has on his stomach, on his hands, and it's called a hazard symbol, and digital hazard symbol, and he's gaining levels, and he's somehow aware of this, like levels in certain areas, such as merge and hazard and a couple other things. Partner, but partner, Um, as far as I read, was always just zero out of one. It goes up. It's really strange, honestly. I'm actually glad the author has an author's note that explains some of the stuff to us, even though I kind of hate the idea of doing that, because some of the stuff (laughs) is really confusing. Well, speaking about these concepts, like, I've got to say what I, you know, being lost with the characters and lost with the plot and the writing not being particularly strong, most of what I latched onto were like, these concepts that the author was going with. And so that fact that at regular intervals, Takato is able to check his levels in these varying degrees, and they they go up over time. Mm -hmm. Like, that's a genre convention of the extremely niche lit RPG, like, fiction these days. Like, you know, in more recent years where someone's, oh, in some sort of, like, MMO kind of milieu and, like, you know, able to gain levels or skill ranks or whatever and are conscious of this. And, like... I've read exactly one series in that genre, and it was weird seeing that basically, I don't know, that basically in a 2002 fanfic. It just kind of threw me. 
Yeah, I don't think it's Again, used quite the same, the same way, besides, like, though. No, it's I, not I used quite the same, su- but it's like kind of reminiscent. I, I think it's a superficial connection, maybe, at, at most. <laughs> well, the, it, it, did I mean, seem like the, got... it, it did seem like the author had some sort of like internal logic consistency for that um, development that they were very interested in themselves, but it didn't really come out in the story too well. Or well, that's, also, that's certainly true. Is that it doesn't it doesn't land because it's not it doesn't really serve a purpose to see these numbers going up if you don't understand what any of that means. And mm-hmm. as far as I read, I didn't understand what any of that means. By the way, I only got through chapter eight, I'm sorry. Ah, I see. Well, the author goes on to imply a little bit more what those things mean, but it's never really clear. I actually think I got the most clarity from the notes. And even then, you know, it's not that clear. But I was intrigued when it first showed up in the second chapter. You know, Takata's like, he takes out, he's invisible to everyone. He's freaking out. Now he's got these weird glowing red tattoos. And then, you know, he takes out his Digivice and it reads, Level gained, influence level one, Digivolve level zero, merge level zero, hazard level zero. What ends up being the case is that the hazard level is like containing these different parts of what is called the ha- the digital hazard, and at certain points they're all end up being housed in like uh, Henry's body, Enrico's body, and Beelzebub's body, and Tapato is collecting them, uh, which is weird. I don't know why he would do that. So there's some uncertain motivation, but it just keeps happening, and uh, there's some shadowy background figures. Uh, Apparently, um, how do you pronounce his name? Jukaban? Jukaman? Jukaman, um, is kind of motivating this whole thing. And he's, you know, a primary villain in the series, so it makes sense. But I sometimes feel like the author's vision isn't super clear, and I kind of wish I knew what the end of the story was. Mm -hmm. You can skip ahead. I don't think we're going to be doing a separate second episode for the second half of the story. So, <laughs> yeah, that might might not happen. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, maybe I know we've been dancing around it. We can talk a little more about the plot. I think we've kind of outlined, you know, kind of what's going on with Takato and and the difficulty he has with his friends. You're not knowing and seeing him. Gilmon can see him at first, and then he slowly comes kind of back into reality. So we can go through that, or we can maybe talk about, like, I don't know, some of the weirder parts of the story that don't make as much sense. I mean, let's follow through on that thread. Um, one of the one of the functions in the story of Takato being a digim dull ghost ghost whatever he is um is that it's a way to get him closer to rika because for some reason she's like the first and earliest person he's able to kind of contact and through her dreams for some reason and so that's kind of like a way to reintroduce them on terms that are new to her um and i don't know i guess intriguing to to meet a ghost or whatever and also the other person who can talk to him is gilmon and that's cute yeah, that, that that's fine. It was weird to try to like ship that relationship, especially when they established the premise of all the relationship and character growth has been reset. 
Right. So this is beginning of right? series Rika, no less. Right. Yeah. So so it for Rika that <laughs> so for Rika this is a ghost I don't know. Then all of a sudden they're blushing every time. Like yeah. Who doesn't well, want a ghost boyfriend? It's like the first time she meets him, he shows up in her dream accidentally because he's like digital and a ghost and trips into her dream, and yet they still have some sort of like romantic thing. Now I think there is an implication that his friends sort of remember him from their past life. Like they they don't recognize him, but like they have like you know a a buried memory. So yeah. maybe the implication is that she was attracted to him before, and it's coming up because she like vaguely remembers him in the back. But it just felt like yeah, the author having that drive to get them together. Not only does it not feel true to the show, it feels like it kind of artificially moves the story you know what i mean yeah. like it just it didn't feel real at any point it seems like they had like a a story worked out but that story only functions to like serve the shipping needs and that and, and like the shipping needs aren't even like the stated primary purpose of the story you know right which is why it is I'm, classified under romance which is a little surprising <laughs> It gets more romantic, like, actually, the last chapter that we read, chapter 13, part 2, or 16, (laughs) was pretty much exactly just, like, all romance stuff. Um, Chapter 13, part 1 and 2 are both, like, all in the real world romance stuff, like, nothing else. They're even trying to ship Renamon and Gilmon together. That's Mm -hmm. the part where I really got cringy. Like, I don't think anybody shipping Digimon characters that are usually all like 10 years old so what well renamon doesn't come across like that but gilmon certainly is like a child right that's the thing is like yeah and renamon is also one of the more mature like adult like so first of all trying to get together these two like basically you're saying a dinosaur and a fox a humanoid fox you know they're digital but also digimon don't reproduce that way so why would they have romantic hey, hey. sexual attraction? Who said anything also, about like, aren't sexual there, attraction between those two weird creatures? You, y'all know what I'm saying. It's just aren't there really some uh, weird. Are there some Digimon couples in the series? Like I think there's love. One off. I don't. Good question. Like in character of the week sort of stories. That could be true. The thing no, is, is in that. The- I was going to Google that, then I realized I really didn't want that in my search history. Oh, God. No, you don't want to know what shows up. Fucking nuts. But Um, yeah, our our assigned reading was about halfway through, and um, sequentially, chapter 15 is called uh, Crutches and Crushes Part 1, and I was like, nope, I'm done. (laughs) I'm good. Couldn't take it, huh? Dom out. (laughs) I mean, I I, I was cringing beforehand, so that this... Yeah. Well, I will say it's... that. No, go on. Whatever you have to say is definitely more interesting than whatever I have to say about <laughs> Digimon. Probably not. I was just going to say that what I appreciated about, you know, chapter 13, part one and two, only 15 and 16, is that it does the same thing the show does, which is like bring us back to the real world where most things are real world concerns with humans involved. So it goes from what the fanfic has done so far, that it's been very true to Tamers, is gone from, in maybe the reverse order, but, you know, the digital world 
big epic fights and then back to like actual like real life like being late for class and having relationships with friends which is a part of what makes Digimon great is it focuses on you know the very real elements of being a kid and having relationships too however yeah what I didn't like was actually I the weird part is I thought I would hate this more it's mostly about trying to get Henry and Jerry to admit their feelings for each other and recant and though I don't buy, you know, 10-year-olds being couples to begin with, let alone those people being couples in the series, whatever, it was more true to the character than I thought it would be. And if you just kind of, like, let it alone, it was a fun little adventure into the real world. It, to me, was actually fairly well thought, even though I don't really buy the premise. <laughs> It's got um, like the general teacher. vibe of someone... Oh, what's that? Oh, I was going to say their teacher is written very well. Like, the classroom scenes are written very well. Like, the, the, the real world they live in is written similar to the show. It's just what the characters are doing is kind of weird. <laughs> um, the fanfic has the general vibe of, you know, someone you know, who likes the sandbox of characters, grabbing the sandbox of characters in the world, and kind of running with it, and taking in the directions that they like without a whole lot more, you know, I don't know, specific thematic goals. And yeah, that's not, you know, that's not a terrible thing. That's kind of what you'd expect. It, like you said, definitely feels like the author was a kid, you know, it was written uh, 2002, 2003, not that long after Tamers came out, right? When did Tamers come out? Uh, 2001, 2002? Probably yeah. two, because... 2000 was the year that no wait yeah 2000 was the year that checking the wiki um japanese 2001 uh english late 2001 2002 okay so yeah just that kind of era where like hey i watched this show and i really liked and i want to want to play around with it and episode episode 34 it it doesn't uh episode 34 aired march 9th 2002 in english yeah and so that kind of yeah. kid fanfiction.net style writing, it's like this story doesn't have anything in it that's that I read that is just like horrible. It's more like nothing is done deftly. It's all kind of clumsy. Like the writing's kind of clumsy. The setup of plots is kind of clumsy. It, it like it proceeds along, but it's it feels a little bit just fuzzy in in all respects. And have we talked I about? Mean, I'm not trying to hammer on the on the author about that it just makes it kind of hard to talk about in some ways well have we talked about the technical aspects about how this is written like how it's in a uh, um, no we haven't that weird uh fan fiction pseudo script format yeah yeah we, we have, have not, not talked, talked about, that. about that do you want to talk it's about basically that? the same format as what legends are made of right which was yeah similar time frame the tar and road on fanfiction.net <laughs> it seems to have been kind of a style yeah it, uh with also including like the the author insert, author avatar insert at the beginning, explaining the chapter and having the, their own creations berate them about what they're doing. Yeah. Now those parts I found. Oh God, I didn't want <laughs> to read them. You know, I was I like, didn't oh read God, them. I skipped over them. No, but like I felt like I had to because I felt like that was literally the flavor and like the understanding of the author that I needed to move through this fic. 
And th- those are the parts that really make me think that, and maybe some of those spellings make me think that the author is very young. Um, like him, there's always a front note and a back note. And in the first, like, three chapters or so, there's one where, you know, characters from Digimon keep, sh- in, from Tamers keep showing up in Regulus, the author's bedroom. Uh, well, with Black, as well as Black, who I, I think is uh, Regulus's friend, or maybe the same person. But it, <laughs> there's like a third or fourth one where it's Rika who shows up, and Regulus freaks out and is like, ah, girl, I have to hide. And it's like so, like, a corny, like, prepubescent sort of line. You know what I mean? Like, even the thing a pre, like, a, a prepubescent kid would say as a funny thing. Like, by the time you're, like, 15 or 16 years old, you're not going to think that's a funny one. Yeah. Man, puberty right? was rough. Am I you'd right? probably think <laughs> yeah. other terrible jo- Yeah, you would probably think other terrible jokes were funny, but it wouldn't be those terrible jokes. Right. Not that specifically, no. <laughs> right. <laughs> not to say your humor would be good, speaking yeah. from experience. <laughs> um. But again, you know, that's why... What makes me think that that's where the author was at. Like, whether they were prepubescent or not, like, that's who they were at the time. They were like, it's funny to make jokes about girls being icky. And they were focused on this ship pairing of Rika and Takato. So I'm going to try yeah. to be too hard on them because I feel like they were probably 12. Yeah, th- this it's is another one of those fan so fiction. To go into. Another one of those fan fiction examples where it's like, oh, I'm. Uh, reading a prepubescent person exploring the concept of sexuality. This is not comfortable. (laughs) And let me just say again... Yeah, they don't go anywhere creepy with it or anything. But Regulus, I'm so sorry we are reading and talking about your fanfic from 2002 and 2003 that you were probably feeling deep shame about at this moment if you're listening to us vaguely complain about it. Um, Also, if you are listening and you were not a 12-year-old, um, I understand sorry. the internet fan fiction of like fan culture of the time, so like, no worries. Yeah, and <laughs> I mean the the thing that I enjoy about when we dip into stuff like this accidentally or deliberately is just seeing that very specific fanfiction.net writing era. It's just so unique. It it has such its own flavor, and it's not a flavor that is easy to swallow at this point. But it's so distinct. Um. The, all of those like author notes with terrible little skits and talking to fans in the prefaces or postscripts of the fanfic and that format of writing with the you know semi-script format and these mean on talking. shipping and all of the, these things these mean psychic thoughts these mean <laughs> <Right>. yeah <laughs> like it's like i have to come up with my own language so the what do you call them um what's those brackets that have not brackets uh parentheses that have the little pointy bits on them i've never really known what those are called but i use them <laughs> all the time uh, mega i'm deciding that those means actions because i'm just reinventing <laughs> english because i can why not i think those are called f- fire mega brackets super parentheses that seems right <laughs> yeah they're uh, basically just the mega form of parentheses right they're, they're or maybe great brackets, brackets are in there somewhere <laughs> Super academic parentheses bracket mode. <laughs> what else in the story do you two want to talk about? I think we're not going to be talking for all that long. None of us are super inspired to discuss this one, but is there anything else you want to touch on that we haven't talked about? Well, 
I do think that the author clearly, they weren't just going, you know, the frustrating part is, of course, the, like, the drive to get Rika and Takato together and Henry and Jerry together. But, you know, that's, I do think the author was young. But they also had something, so I can forget that. They also had something else going on. They had a plot they really wanted to get through, and it was very Tamers-inspired. And it was this idea that, like, Takato has been turned into data, erased from the real world, and is, like, gaining various levels. And that also happens to Rika and to Henry, and I think to Jerry, too. They're gaining levels and, like, merge and hazard and, and stuff like that. I'm very intrigued by that plot. And it keeps going on even when, you know, after the big fights that happen in the, in the fanfic, which are actually pretty well done, they return to the real world, and they continue to gain levels. And there's a couple other things, like uh, Gilmon gets partnered with Jerry because it's like the logical thing, like Gilmon doesn't have a tamer because Takato's quote-unquote not real, and Jerry doesn't have a Digimon because Gilmon's dead. But mm-hmm. then there are levels, like the, the author's very level-focused. There are levels being gained in like Digimon partnership by both tamers for the same Digimon. And something that the author points out in their notes is that, like, Impmon, you know, oh, yeah, we didn't talk about that. Impmon comes back in on the scene. Um, but at this point, you know, he's been evil deals Impmon for quite some time. But Takato and him actually, like, bond in a certain way. And they show the same part they showed in the show, which is Impmon's origin story of, like, having two tiny kid tamers in the bottom. Um, so there's, something the author's building to. I don't know exactly what I wanted to say about that, except that I think the author has a good vision. I'm kind of hoping they go somewhere with it. It's certainly our bad that we just didn't finish the story. Um, I, I feel like for a lot of stories in the past, we've cut it in half, and there's still been plenty to talk about. But I think, you know, we've we've identified the main relationship threads the author's interested in, and we just don't know enough about the plot to know whether it reaches a satisfying conclusion or where they were going with it. And that's that's okay. That's just how it is. Um, I mean, at least in that other Digimon fanfic, we got to talk about like pastrami. That was fun. Good, good Ruben. <laughs> <laughs> You're just skipping over the Digimon fanfic in the middle, aren't you? <laughs> Look, I will say that of the Digimon fanfic we've read, this is the most Digimon we've seen, and the yes. most like similar to the source. Despite the fact that I don't think the characters are really on for who they're supposed to be, there is a focus on every character, um, except for maybe Jerry, well, and Kazu and Kenta. There's, but they're not <laughs> focused on much in the source. the The part that disappoints me the most is that Jerry is left by the wayside. And I really want to believe that's because the author just, like, wasn't as, as interested in her character and hadn't seen what happened in Tamers. But as as the fic goes on, it seems like they do know what happened in all of Tamers. So the fact that they made, like, Jerry's emotional journey just, like, disappear is... I don't, I don't understand why. Well, <laughs> I mean, I think we're we're moving into complaints then. I see, I see, yeah, it sounds like you're saying that 
you just wish the characterization had been better. You're happy with the ensemble cast approach because that's what you like about Digimon and that's why you chose this one. And it's just that like it it wasn't it wasn't as well done in the characterization as you would have wanted. Um I'm even Dom- fine with the relationship stories they're trying to pursue because they're not being done in like a sexualized way and they're kinda cute. Except yeah, the characterization. Dom, is there anything that I mean you know we haven't been the kindest, but is there anything you want to complain about before we end on praise? <laughs> I, I, I think we're moving closer. We're moving closer to the idea of what we're looking for in a Digimon fanfic. We, we still have uh, some way to go. I think a lot of the things that uh, Tori does, but I don't, I don't think their attempt at romance was cute. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I, I don't have much more cons- constructive to say. Besides that. Well, I I said kind of cute, as in it wasn't gross. <laughs> but it was weird. Like, I will say it was weird. Uh, man, I'm trying to be nice. Stop it, Dom. You're making me feel not nice. I'm like, hey, I, 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 you can be nice. I can be not nice. <laughs> okay, yeah, you be not nice. Okay. Say more things that are not nice so I don't have to. I okay. did not, I can be super I did not here. enjoy the fanfic. I skimmed it, and even doing that, I literally almost fell asleep at a couple points. <laughs> Yeah, you know, to be fair, I actually felt engaged in a lot of parts because I was curious where this author was going, not with the relationships, because, <laughs> but with some of their weird, um, not even the plot, necessarily. Like, I was like, why leave out so many important plot things that happened in Chambers? So well written by Kanaka. But by their <laughs> um, mechanics, the mechanics they introduced in such as, like, you know, everybody getting the hazard, which is, you know, like, glyphs running up their body and influencing their minds. I actually felt most intrigued by later authors' notes, where they were saying, like, um, oh, the the fundamental element of Takato's red hazard is it creates aggression and rage, and Rika's blue hazard is that it causes nightmares and, like, fear. You know, and I was like, what are these hazards? These are fucking cool. So that's the only part of the story I'm really like, so I want to know. Yeah, I mean, if we're moving on to praise, I think it's definitely the strength of the story, you know, such as it is. It's just that the author has cool ideas and, you know, is definitely at that unrestrained writing stage where they're throwing in ideas that they think are cool. And I think some of them are. Yeah, I, I enjoyed the idea of a uh, disembodied character from the good timeline talking to the darkest timeline. <laughs> the timeline could have been darker, but yeah, I mean, it's it's not as good as it was. Well, it would have been an interesting way to like highlight the character growth from episode one to episode 34, you know? Because they are totally. different characters yeah, than I when think they that was, I think that's part of the intent is like, yeah, the, the author definitely draws attention by that way to like, look, these people are not who they were. 34 episodes ago or whatever um even if it doesn't always make sense that like why how i mean why it works out that way it's like it's a nifty it's a nifty tool i thought (laughs) no it's actually kind of neat to see like the author pays specific attention to takato's influence on the rest of the cast like the author perceives that 
Takato coming into the lives of the other tamers, like, made them come out of their shell in certain ways. Like, Rika stopped being so fighting-oriented and invest more in emotions than Henry learning how to stand up for himself and, like, allow Terry Bond to fight without being worried. The author does a good job with that in the sense that, like, they identify specifically Takato, like, being a ghost passing through them changes the characters. But also, like, a little bit later on in the story, Takato gets to, like, reflect on that. He even has, like, a very heroic moment towards the end of what we've read where he's, like, his parents don't recognize him. And he gets to be like, oh, I shouldn't say anything to my parents. And even Rio, you know, the cool bad boy, is very impressed by that. So I feel like they did a kind of a good job making Takato, like, a very strong hero in this. Though I, I do sort of wish he'd had a little more self-doubt like he does in the show. Gilmon is well characterized. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for Gilmon, I feel like the Gilmon wasn't. I I don't remember Gilmon enough to remember. Was he just likes bread and he's a baby? (laughs) Right. I remember he was basically a baby. I thought it was cute when he was the only one who could see Takato, and like everyone was like, "He's he's got an imaginary friend or something," and you know, Gilmon just isn't clued in enough to like worry what other people are thinking about him anyway. It. Them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was Digimon. really good characterization. <laughs> Sorry. No, yeah, I, I was just uh, free associating there. No worries. Well, I was just going to say that was really good. The Digimon have been kind of well characterized. Like, there's a point where Venomon reads a book to Gilmon. And Gilmon's, like, really interested in it, but accidentally falls asleep. And has to, like, apologize to Venomon. And apparently there's supposed to be a romantic element to that, but I just ignored that part and was like, See, that's be, that's that's <laughs> I was going to say, that'd be fine if it wasn't a, a ship. <laughs> yeah. But like, if right. you, literally, if, if your brain can allow you to cut out all of the romantic implied stuff in this fic, the characterization becomes pretty decent. Like, it's not bad. Uh, I mean, Kazu and Kenta are almost non-existent, but they're still characterized. Jerry's characterization is ridiculously bad because, like, at the emotional point <laughs> she's at, there's no way she'd be laughing and joking around. But they do point to some of her backstory, and she does do her puppet thing. That that, but it's still not enough. But all that being said, like, the characterization is still pretty good if you ignore every time it's supposed to be romantic. It's not kind of like saying you <laughs> like a painting, but as long as you close one eye, squint, and tilt your head. <laughs> yeah exactly that well That's I think we I will end on actually closing one eye squinting <laughs> and tilting my head I think I rented at arm's length jeez <laughs> uh, I'm so sorry author Regulus we try to seek out good stuff and I know this is just a a Digimon issue we're having R- listeners if you know any good old Digimon <laughs> fanfics point us their way Look. I I appreciate what you said, Dom, that, like, this is more the direction you two want in that you kept pushing me to, like, do Digimon fanfics that heavily feature Digimon. And at the very least, this is that. But, you know, I'm sure we can do better. We can find something that's going to that's gonna <laughs> lift you two up and make you remember why you love Digimon and 
uh, it'll happen maybe someday, maybe. And uh, if it's going to happen, Dom, it's your job to make it happen. I mean, good luck trying to warm my cold, dead heart, but all right. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to say, I think especially Tamers is really hard to write because it's Digimon is written by some really amazing writers. And the fact that this author even got a lot of the characterization right and had their own concept rooted in the realities of the digital world from the series that they wanted to explore is really impressive and unique. I mean, and I'm interpreting the author as younger, but either way, I still think that they they had very much promise in their work. I, I literally think their only failing was trying to focus so much on the shipping that, I don't know, was that was pairing ship the ships that they had, you know? You know, I feel like you might be hitting on a generational difference there because I don't think hmm. people called them ships in 2000 2002 it would have been pairings right I mean I don't know you're, you're the fan fiction expert. I mean I I've never paid attention um I remember like ships. that's not what I'm interested in yeah was ships a thing as a phrase I feel like maybe but it wasn't quite so dominant. I remember saying ships, but I remember saying, like, I ship these people. You know what I mean? But, like, not like, that's my ship. No, it would be like, I ship those. As a verb, I guess. Well, I don't think it was even that. Point... So looking at the bio of Black here, uh, you know, from, which is probably from this era of, like, about 2002, favorite couples is the first thing they mention. As for couples, I have come to have a decent respect for all couples. Blah, 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 blah. Of course, not all couplings are romantic. But it's just there's not the word ship yet. It appears. Is there OTP at this time? <laughs> I have a question, what was your question? about um fan fiction since you know, like I did read a little oh. when I was very young, but I don't and I've read a lot more in those last couple of years. <laughs> but my question is is romantic pairings like a dominant drive? Of fan fiction writing, because it depends on the community. But in general, this. yes. I remember this even when you know looking at Digimon fan art and fan fiction when I was young, is that everyone would be trying to pair people together, and I always thought that was weird, and I still think it's weird. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, I guess the question is like, why and what? <laughs> it's, an as- it's an aspect of uh, wish fulfillment. Sure. And I actually think, you know, thinking about my younger self, I can probably relate to that more. Like, I always related to Hikari, or like Kari in the dub. And, like, you know, Takaru always seemed like a nice kid I related to, too. So I always thought, like, oh, they'd be a nice couple, because the show kind of sets them up to be a couple. But when you're, you know, 11 years old, it's a little bit more innocent. And so I think maybe it's important for us to remember that through the lens of, you know, being prepubescent, it's a little bit different to think about romantic couples. It's more like an idealization than it is, like, the sort of thing once you've dated and experienced sexual attraction that we experience as adults. It's more like well, a, I a think weird, abstract fantasy. It, it depends on the community, but I think you're right in this kind of fanfiction.net era, like this story and, like, our first Digimon story, and like what legends are made of, that's probably it. It's like, it's a bunch of, you know, 
pubescent or young teenager people kind of and you know romance or what have you is features largely in their mind and that's kind of something they're exploring in this writing in other fandoms and in yeah. other generations it's also it's also been a queer thing it's like people writing their queer um the queer romances they want to see or that they do not see in regular fiction or you know drawing out the subtext that is present but not cannot be stated, you know, heavily in things like Xena or the subtext that they can, you know, read whether or not it was super intended by the authors and a whole lot of other, you know, stories. Um, and, you know, it's kind of, it's a way to, for those marginalized groups to have stories, right? Or it has right. been in other periods or other fandoms. It can be a lot of things. I think the point I was trying to draw on is that, like, there's a difference between the idealization of romance you have when you're very young and prepubescent versus when you start to understand what like romance and sexuality are really about. And I think, you know, like a kid being like, if those two got together and have and had kids, that would be fun. Because you think about your parents, like they're a married couple, you know, you think about Blah, blah, blah. Well, it, it means it, something. Th th that is not the universal experience, but continue. Yes. A agreed. Agreed. I mean, but it is a. Um, and I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to imply that. But my point being, like, that that's kind of the cultural norm. My point being is that there's a difference between perception of romantic coupling before you understand what romance and sexuality are versus post when you understand them. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, for sure. Um, like, I think we're going to... Yeah. And, you know, that's what we see here. It's it's a innocent young fanfic uh, that did not deserve to be dredged up into the cold, harsh light of 2020, probably. Poor, and poor thing. I think we're going <laughs> to... I think we're going to close it there for that. Next week, I'm going to hope there's no romance because there doesn't need to be because I think we're going to read a Transformers fanfic um, called Best First by Sky Shadow. We can find a link there. I'm going to put one up at bit.ly slash rfrbest. And, you know, we're talking for real Transformers, like they turn into a car or something, not whatever newfangled, like, gorilla thing we were talking about last time. Beast Wars? Rude. Yeah, Beast Wars. I, new I, I was trying gorilla. to be rude. <laughs> I don't know. I actually have no strong opinions about Transformers. I was just trying to be a jerk there. Mission accomplished. You did a good job. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, original Transformers. It's it's that kind of fanfic. Mm -hmm. It's supposed to be pretty good. I'm looking forward to it. And I think we should be able to enjoy it even if we do not know Transformers lore inside and out, which is good because it's a lot of sanity damage to know Transformers lore inside and out. Man, I, I I have spent some time browsing that wiki just to like as like one walks through a museum. I think just like <laughs> stopping at some some. I have too, but it's and, just like, because read some some of the plots. Yeah, it's just because the Transformers wiki is actually really entertaining. The wiki <laughs> itself. Yeah. What's it? Tell they try to make it a good read, dude. Yeah. Uh, no. Uh, is it? Maybe. Maybe that's what it's called. Yeah, they try to make it entertaining to distract from the fact that it it's all at total clusterfuck of continuity nonsense <laughs> yeah unlike digimon well 
Yes, unlike Digimon, Digimon seems to have very straightforward continuities. Mm. You are correct, Amato. Digimon has some horrible shonen power creep in there that confuses things. Yeah, you know, that is really my only problem with Digimon. Is Sometimes it is a little too, like, gender-focused and also power-focused. Shonen and power. Mm. Bam. Yeah, by the time they you get to together, the end of, like, of any uh, Digimon series, the amount of evolutions and levels they go through is crazy. Like, I can't remember which series it was, but I remember like last couple of episodes of one of the series. Like when they uh, when they uh, digivolve, they have like five minutes of of uh, different evolutions that they had to speed up and go through for for each character. Oh, I know, <laughs> and it's weird. It's like Are that's you- what turns people off from the show because it seems so silly because of that. But like the rest of everything that happens around it, it's so good. Are you suggesting <laughs> there might be a level beyond Mega? Oh, uh, there, there's always something. Like I said, shown well, in power creep. <laughs> beyond Mega, right? There's always something. Well, there's lots of like fusion things, which I guess could be considered that. Uh, that's that's something, you know Tori. <laughs> Amato, just watch Digimon. Just watch it. All. Super God it's Mega worth Blue. It, <laughs> well, uh, you, okay, you have well, to remember I'll... that's not even the final form. I I can remember that. <laughs> I got it. Good. Well, this is going to be our final comment, because this was episode 84 of Retro Fanfic Retrospective, Perfect Hazard by Regless, under the fanfiction.net account name of Black, written in 2002. Unless they're secretly the same person. Unless they're (laughs) secretly the same person. um, Who could possibly know? It's all unknowable. You can find a link to this fanfic at bit.ly slash rfrperfect. The intro song is The Weekly Fair off of the album Popey's Incredible Adventure by Komiku. The outro song is Run Against the Universe from the same album. You can find this album and other works by Komiku at loyaltyfreakmusic.com. You can find our website at retrofanficretrospective.podbean.com or bit.ly slash retrofanfic. And if you have questions, comments, or thoughts about the episode, if you want to direct us to some better material, especially some fanfic about Digimon that is going to blow our minds that's from like yeah 2006-ish or before please <laughs> contact us on Twitter at RetroFanfic Facebook at RetroFanfic you can send us an email at RetroFanficRetrospective at gmail.com we've got Reddit at Fanfic Retrospective our Instagram account one more time is what Dom? is it still RetroFanfic? I think so I okay it's still RetroFanfic and at the Instagram you can find all of our episode art that Tori draws every week that you might not realize if you don't follow us on Podbean or Twitter, because I don't think it shows up on every podcast service. But Tori draws a okay. fan art for every fanfic. Yeah. Pretty much. I try. Yeah. I mean, so if you want to see those, that's um, at Retro Fanfic Retrospective on Instagram. Okay, that's Retro Fanfic Retrospective at Instagram. However, even if you do not see the episode art, no matter what podcast service you use you can probably leave some kind of comment or review for us which would be greatly appreciated as well i'm amato i'm tori i'm dom we are just three earth life forms trying to be nice to each other in a digital world until next time take care momentai i'm a digital life form i mean we have to do this remotely via internet now so for all i know we can be some happy eyes. Oh, my
Hang on a moment. Making editing work for Dom. I'll just be spanning the text channel with Digimon GIFs. <laughs> GIFs or GIFs? GIF. Graphic. GIF. Nope. Peanut butter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if you're, if you're doing peanut butter, then yeah, that's GIF. <laughs>